Hey, it's Tasha. And this is your girl, Ryan. And this is the Conscious Addiction Podcast. Get into it. Hello. Hey, everyone. Yes. We know it's late. Listen. We're here, though. <laughs> Although we did talk about not necessarily going live each time, we could do some pre-recording, but I can yes. like going live now. I like going live too. I think <laughs> so. This is a, a this is a, a tangenty moment, but I was talking to um, Yolo, mm-hmm. and she was like, "Ryan, oh, you and Tasha doing that? Y'all doing that podcast thing again?" And I was like, yeah, I said, we brought it back. And she said, oh, she said, because I was on Facebook and I saw y'all and she said, I accidentally clicked on a thing and I got so scared because I thought that y'all could see me. (laughs) She's so crazy. You're like, give me your device. (laughs) I said, no, we can't see you on the camera. I said, sometimes we can see if you're watching, if you actually click, you know, the, the to watch us. I said, but if you are even just watching us on your timeline, we can't see those people who are watching from their timeline. We can only mm-hmm. see people who are like actually click and like mm-hmm. bring it up, you know, as like a full screen or whatever. Mm-hmm. She had me cracking up this weekend at work. <laughs> she was like, I said, so she was like, so how can I go back and watch it? So I had to tell her, you can just go to the Contestation Podcast page and watch it on our page. All the lives stay up there. <laughs> and that's one of the things I like is that people can go back and watch it. Um, and of course, I think that we bring you, you're able to, we offer something different when you can see us, you know, yeah. opposed to just listening to us for sure. You can get get the our facial expressions and um, how we interact together. So and of course, I love being live because I get to see you. So like, you know, back in the day, we recorded together in the same room. Yeah. So um, yeah. being able to see you helps to kind of bring that energy, keep that same energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bring the chemistry back. And then, you know, I think about it in terms of how I was so sad about losing that part of it that I was just like you know for a couple of years obviously because we weren't recording I'm like how can we do this and here we are everything's virtual now (laughs) the whole world whole world's virtual barely anything that you cannot do virtually so I'm just super grateful um I know I had texted you earlier (laughs) Tyrone just commented I'll shoot we on without the third host (laughs) Mr. Allen. Let me <laughs> send you the link. Let me send you the link real quick. So you can hop on here. In his Zoom stuff. Huh? <laughs> he got it saved in his Zoom stuff. <laughs> right. It's the same link. <laughs> he just gonna log on in a minute. <laughs> What's up, y'all? Happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I had texted you just saying how grateful I was that we were doing this again and I just didn't realize, or maybe I underestimated how much joy it brought me um, to spend the time, of course, but to feel like my gifts and talents were not dormant, you know, Mm -hmm. especially since I'm not in the hospital as much as I used to be, you know, sometimes I feel like I went to nursing school and I bust my ass and, you know, had a real hard time. (laughs) And what am I doing with that now? 
but I'm okay. Yeah, but you used it for a very long time before you got into this space. And there are stages and phases in our lives. And it's not that you're not using it. You're just not using it in that capacity. You forever a nurse, you know, mm-hmm. even as you, the you know, the way that you're operating in your business and um, sacred birthright, like that's still using your, using that information and knowledge that you, that you gained. It's just not in that capacity in the hospital. Yeah. And even I am um, mindful that I planned for this. I prepared for this, this time of, you know, being away from the bedside. And I didn't think that it would be this sort of transition. Like now I feel like with the whole COVID stuff coming up and the vaccine, I feel more like more so pushed away from the hospital setting because of the pressure that that brings. And I don't like the way that feels. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I definitely thought that I would transition from the bedside role differently than what is happening now. Like mm-hmm. I would be an instructor, but mm. a childbirth educator <laughs> will do. And it um, brings me a lot of joy. You know, I mm-hmm. love being a childbirth educator. I love um, educating my clients and underserved populace because mm-hmm. I feel like they are so much more um, receptive, grateful. It's just a different environment, you know? And you know, when I, this is just a, another tangenty <laughs> conversation <laughs> or it could grow, it could go there. Um, but I feel like, so that term underserved, like it doesn't sit well with me anymore. Like it used to, it doesn't anymore more because what I'm recognizing is is that population isn't truly underserved truly a lot of times there are plenty of providers there's plenty of facilities and clinics it's just that the information isn't landing right the education isn't landing and I think it's due to a lack of representation mm-hmm. it's because that demographic needs more like it you can you can talk and teach until you're blue in the face, but if you're not mm-hmm. if you're not relevant, if you're not presenting information in a way that they can receive it, that's what makes it feel underserved. They're not mm-hmm. under a lot of, a lot of times. Of course, I'm not I'm speaking broadly, right? Um, but it's not that there's not a lot of times there's not a lack of services mm-hmm. or programming, right? Because On paper. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's just that it's not, it's not landing for whatever reason. So I think we need another term for that. That's all I'm just going to say. They're underwelcomed. Ooh, I like that. I mean, I would, I would venture to say that that's how they feel. Yes. Because and that's know, what makes it not land right. Yeah. Cause even when we talked about, um, inclusiveness, I suppose, and exclusively black spaces, um, the inclusive spaces aren't necessarily built around the people who they call themselves trying to include. <laughs> it just means we're going to open our door for you, but we're not going to make any um, concessions or um, adjustments to how we function to make you feel like this space is for you specifically. So, yeah. Because it's not, it's not for you specifically. It's that we've taken right. this model and we're going to let you in. Yeah. And we're just going to replicate it every single place, whether it's relevant or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just, that was just my little soapbox. Sometimes. 
<laughs> you ain't done. You just getting started. I ain't finished. Started. I ain't done. <laughs> just getting started. Literally just getting started. Right. Right. But yeah, no, I always appreciate conversations like that. And um, I think more need to be had, of course. But for me, it feels good to be affirmed and, you know, just what life looks like for me now and to not take so lightly or to downplay in any way the work that I am still doing within the realm of my professional training, but also in my personal life, because I think raising a family is way, way, way important work too. And I really don't feel like you can truly care for anybody else, like to the fullest capacity, unless you're caring for yourself and your home which kind of segues or is a perfect segue into what we're talking about tonight. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're talking about self-care and specifically self-care during the holiday season. So um, we're going to be talking about (laughs) ways that you can provide the much needed comfort and care to yourself and what that looks like and how that may intermingle or even be thrown off kilter with the entrance of the holidays and the changing of the seasons, a lot of times that does affect people's mood, Mm -hmm. um, how they feel overall. And I think there's um, something to be said for acknowledging where you are and honoring where you are and then doing the corrective measures and steps so that you can be your best self. So yeah. Agree. So last week was great. <laughs> yes. I have not yet finished listening to our, our podcast last week. I started it. I'm about halfway through. It's so good. Mm-hmm. We That's really so listen. We actually might have a third co-host for real. I know. I, you know I actually did in my mind, I was just like, you know, that's not a bad idea because I do love having like a third party I feel like it's an equalizer you know like a a vote kind of situation where you have an uneven number so yeah okay Mm -hmm. although I love us definitely (laughs) but I I don't feel slighted (laughs) no no I just feel like you know how we do sometimes we can run off the rails a little bit um but and and I think that you and I though we have different perspectives about some things I think Mostly, though, we'd be like kind of tracking in the same I agree. Mm-hmm. direction. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I did think about that. I don't know. It's Tyrone. Maybe we'll talk about it at some point. But um, people really enjoyed it. We yeah. engagement on the video. Um, and then I put the audio up. And I haven't looked at the numbers as far as what the audio is doing. Mm-hmm. But um, we even got an inbox about some stock stuff. But it yeah. wasn't like a question or anything. It was just input so yeah I really enjoyed it like I said I told my honey about trade lines I was like babe you ever heard about trade lines and he's like no what's that I said listen right (laughs) (laughs) yes you know so yeah it was it was great I enjoyed it it was great and I have not stopped thinking about it and I have not stopped um, you know, planning in my mind of the things that I, the goals that I have and, you know, pop, 
I have bigger goals than I did before after our two shifts talking about financial wellness. So I'm super grateful that um, Tyrone was able to come and share with us his knowledge, even though he claims not to be an expert. Um, I truly feel like he is a wealth of knowledge. And I told him, I was like, listen, so when you come in town, we need to like... (laughs) Need to have lunch or something because I need some. <laughs> I'm trying to tap in, <laughs> okay? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm super. Um, I, I, that's. It was. It was well needed. It was like a good time. I feel for um, us to have that conversation. I think anytime, especially when we can talk about this later. It's part of one of the things I want to talk about around the holidays when we tend we tend to overspend and um, things like that. I think it was perfect timing for us to have that conversation right now. And um, it's never too late that, you know, even, you know, it's never too late to start thinking about your future. And so I can't stop thinking about it at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he dropped a lot of, a lot of quiet gems, a lot of quiet mm-hmm. things, you know, like it's a long game, you know? Mm-hmm. I can appreciate <laughs> too, like, even if you are relatively savvy financially or um, you feel like you're set or on the right path, there are always fine tunes that yeah. you can make and adjustments, you know? So it was a really good litmus test for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know some of our listeners too, who are on the right path, but like, oh, you put me on a what? You know, so I just, I enjoy it. And even some reminders, because like for me, I, these some of the things I had heard before, but you know, when you're living your life every day, you're moving, you're shaking, whatever, sometimes you forget things. And so some of those things were like just little reminders, like, oh yeah, yes, <laughs> I need to be mm-hmm. thinking about that. I need to be working on that. So yeah, I think, I thought those two shifts were, again, I can't say enough, probably two of my favorite mm-hmm. topics. I mean, two of my favorite shifts that, you know, we've had in the in the history of conscious sedation podcast, I think they were, those were really good shifts. Yeah, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it too. Um, so would you like to head into our mindful moment? Yes, I think it's time. <laughs> What'd you say? I said, I think it's time. <laughs> okay. Um, you want to go first? Or you yeah, go I'll go first. first. So today I am, and I'm probably going to cry, friends. I've already been crying today. My eyes probably look puffy. Um, I am truly mindful of my ancestors today. Um, This holiday season is really difficult for me. Um, I try my best not to find myself in the dark place around this time of year, probably from... November to after February is really hard for me and I'm you know sometimes I'll be wondering if is it a combination of like me being sad because it's like holiday season and then also people have seasonal affective disorder because of the the darker the the shorter days so there we have more darkness in 24 a 24 hour period either way I am fighting I feel like a lot of times for my life during this season since my mother has passed in particular in particular um and so i'm just mindful of my ancestors i always um try to channel my ancestors 
especially when I am cooking for my family, because I feel like that is one thing that connects me to my ancestors. Cooking was like food. I mean, that's like African tradition, African-American tradition, like we are food people, we gather around food, we celebrate, food is always present, right? We're celebrating, we're sad, <laughs> we depressed, it's food. It's like one of the things that, that bring us all together. And so when I'm cooking for my family, I make every attempt to channel my ancestors just on a regular day when I'm just making dinner or breakfast, just period, because it, it, I feel like it grounds me a little bit. And so, especially as we move into the holiday season where there's lots of cooking and baking and um, there's so many memories um, for all of us, I'm sure, but especially for me, um, making my family's recipes and things like that. And I'm just mindful of my ability to channel them. And so I'm mindful and I'm super thankful for all the memories that we've had and all the memories that I am creating for my children. Um, I'm just mindful of that. I'm mindful that I can feel all the things and that I can find some bit of positivity in my sadness and in my grief and be able to, you know, put one foot in front of the other and still create memories for my, my family, my legacy. Um, and remember those who have gone before me in the process. So. Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mindful of that too. Um, I think my honey probably used to think I was crazy, especially after I had just had our baby, <laughs> how um, intentional I was about making dinner. Even before I had my baby, I just always felt like that was a very intimate act. And that was like the biggest and best way that I could care for my family and care for him, you know, before I had my daughter. Um, so yeah, I can relate. There's something that's very kindred, very intimate, very warm about preparing a meal. And mm -hmm. for me, it's definitely how I express my love and my care um, and tenderness for whoever I'm serving, especially in my home. Like, it's a way of welcoming for me. It'd be like, okay, I put my big toe in this. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and yes. I was crazy. Like, if I'm making breakfast or something like that, and he's like, I'm gonna run outside for a minute. And I'm like, but it's, but it's ready, like now, you know? So for people who prepare meals and their hearts are in it, I need you to eat this food while it's steaming. Eat it while it's hot. <laughs> while it's steaming hot, while that last little bit of cheese about to just drizzle and melt on. The yes. Egg. And I'm mm -hmm. annoying too. Like, I'm like, is it good? You got like I haven't I haven't taken a bite yet. Like just give me a minute. <laughs> Is it good? Or you, you know it? you love it. Right. Like tonight I made a um a veggie stir fry. And so I'm sitting there like this rice could have been cooked a little bit longer. And then like while I'm pregnant, I feel like my taste buds be just a little click off center, right? I either will oversalt something or under or you know, just whatever. Sometimes things just be just just a little 
bit to the left of what I, you know, intended. And so tonight I'm like, this rice a little crunchy. And <laughs> you're just like, no, it's good. It's fine. You know, whatever. But that's just, you know, the process for me. There's so much love that goes into um, just that one act of, you know, just, just expressing love and, and appreciation for just whatever. So yeah. and then that's our time, you know, our sacred family time devices are off the table, <sighs> no distractions, you know? So yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, I am mindful that it is Thanksgiving week or, you know, Indigenous Peoples Day, whatever yes. you would like to call it or how you like to celebrate. Um, the history of the holiday does bother me, <laughs> of course, um, but that's not unlike many holidays within American culture that have this wretched, horrible history. Um, but what I do like to take from it is the good. And so during this time, I do appreciate the opportunities to look back and be like, okay, this is what I'm grateful for, or the gathering with family. And so this year, I'm really mindful that everyone's making adjustments to try to have some semblance of that um, without making each other sick or having these like super spreader events is what you know people have been calling them. Um, so this year, me and my family will be staying home and I'll be adjusting recipes, I suppose. <laughs> I feel like, you know, across the nation, if you're not doing gathering like usual, everybody's making these big spreads for like two to four people. And that's just, you know, what it is in 2020. So I bring my mind to being grateful for the roof over our heads and the walls that hold up the roof and the warmth that's here, um, that we do have the food that we need to put in our mouths, like the simple things, quote unquote, but yet so important and sustaining for our lives, like every moment of every day. So I'm super mindful of that and grateful and definitely missing um, the fellowship <laughs> and the option to fellowship because it feels really different when you make a choice not to go somewhere or not to do something as opposed to the choice kind of being made for you by force. And if you say, okay, I'm gonna go anyway, then you're kind of making yourself okay with whatever the repercussions are or what that may look like. And that's just not a place where I'm super comfortable, not this year not when the range of this virus, <laughs> the symptoms present either is nothing or death. How do you know that's just too wide of a margin for me? I, I can't be comfortable with that. No, yeah, I agree. I um, was planning to go and visit one of my friends, one of my best friends who moved to Texas. And I was, I mean, I've told you this before, but I was like, I've literally been really taking this whole sheltering in place thing seriously mm -hmm. especially with my daughters like they've been to the store once 
<laughs> and so I just felt like the, the, the benefit of going and having this fellowship. And although I miss my friends like crazy, like my friends are like my family. I miss my friends. Um, the benefit did not outweigh the risk to me to go and fellowship and have Thanksgiving and the potentiality for everybody to get sick or a couple people to get sick or whatever. Like it just didn't make sense to me. So it, although it was a choice, it didn't feel like a choice. You know what I'm saying? Like I made what I feel like was an educated decision <laughs> mm-hmm. with the knowledge that I have and what I know about, about the virus or whatever. Um, and, and needing to protect my family as best as I, as best I can. And it did, to me, it didn't make any sense to do all that I've done since March to protect us. And then this one situation could have potentially unraveled all that I've been working so hard for all year. So it is hard, um, to, to make that decision to, you know, I'm gonna be like one of those people you talked about with this whole spread and it's just, you know, (laughs) it's just us. You said making all oh, this. Whole yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. my girls are used to the tradition at this point. You know what I'm saying? Like they're 15 and 11. So like they like, they like was popping. <laughs> what you couldn't. It's, it's, it's yeah, they're thing. ready. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm going to make all the things for y'all now. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, we'll just have some leftovers for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, originally, we were going to buy like just find a place I think we were going to go to honey baked ham or something like that and buy and so I asked my honey and said hey um is there anything that you would like like cooked at home you know mm-hmm. and so him through grit teeth was like well I ain't know how still wrong Thanksgiving and like ran out the room and I said okay well it wasn't really my idea but that's fine. Like I can cook. It's okay. And then I sit down to make the menu and it's like this rabbit hole. It is a rabbit you know hole. You know what I'm saying? It's like, but yes. you know, we can't have Thanksgiving and I have X. And we yes. can't And if you're going to have this, you got to have that because they mix together good on your fork. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I definitely, um, like I said, we'll be adjusting some recipes, but just talking to some of my friends who are also sheltering in place or ended up canceling plans or semi-canceling. I was just like, you know, you guys just let me know if you need like a food drop off or something like that if I have something left over because um, not last year, but the year before, this is when my baby was born, we stayed home and it was me, him, my baby, obviously my mom and um, my OB at the time came over because she didn't have any family here. And so um, the four of us, five, including my daughter had dinner but we had all this food and so um, we had some to-go containers and we decided to pack up all the food um, warm it up pack it all up in the to-go containers um, with dessert we put together like forks and spoons knives whatever bottle of water we had it all in coolers and we went to like the homeless spots in the city, you know, where we knew that it was heavily populated with people who were without a home and we passed it out. And so we called it leftovers of love. And I was just like, oh, you know, this could be like 
our tradition and our family yeah you know and just kind of speaking to like the history of the holiday this makes it ours yeah this makes it right like um in our hearts and minds that we know the history of it but it doesn't have to continue um to carry out that way moving forward and you know what do you do when you have all this food or whatever that you either don't need to eat (laughs) or aren't going to eat right like to me it it felt like the most right way of Mm -hmm. handling instead of throwing stuff away or just being completely gluttonous for the next however many days Mm -hmm. and most of us eat the thanksgiving food way too many days too like they say you know, three days max that you should be eating leftovers. So we do cook way too much food. And so it's not a bad idea to give some of your leftovers to people Mm -hmm. who need it. Yeah. Or people who just didn't have a home cooked meal, you know, maybe they went to shelters and got a meal provided for them, but it wasn't like, you know, a meal meal. Right. So so yeah. Yeah. That's That's good, Tosh. Yeah. So you want to get into our topic? You want to go first? Do we have an inbox report? We we don't, um, other than the comment about the stock. Okay. So, and it was it was just a ticker. Like, okay. hey, check out the stock, kind of. Okay. But see, I don't know if that's legal, so I'm not going to say it, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, So this week we are talking, like Tasha mentioned earlier, about um, self-care and taking care of yourself, especially as it pertains to this holiday season. I think it's important. um, Y'all know anybody who, um, you know, follows either Tasha or I, you guys know that self-care is like super important to both of us. We both talk about it all the time. Um, And I think it's very important for us to talk about self-care during the holiday or the, this holiday season. And I think it's even more important or equally important to talk about self-care during this holiday season that is very vastly different than anything we've ever experienced before. We've never lived through a pandemic um, in the holiday season. So we kind of have some, our stress levels are um, mm-hmm. magnified, <laughs> multiplied, <laughs> quadruplified, if that's the word. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, right now. And so we think it's super important to just talk about some ways that you can, we can all, because I'm going to learn some stuff too, I hope, um, <laughs> can all stay grounded and take care of ourselves. My mother always says an empty vat cannot, um, you know, fill other, other cups. And so we have to make sure that we're filling ourselves before we take care of everybody else. And I think that's important, especially if you're a caregiver of any kind, albeit a parent or taking care of your parents or taking care of anybody, right, in your life. Um, I think that's super, even, and even if you're just taking care of yourself, I think it's mindful to, to make sure you're actually doing that. Because sometimes if, even if we live alone, we sometimes tend to give more of, of ourselves than we give to ourselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something that I have, I feel like adopted um, recently. And I've always been a proponent of self-care. You know this <laughs> about me and of anybody that's followed for any amount of time for me. I um, put together a self-care journal for nurses called Worry About Yourself. 
um, because I found that our population particularly is terrible at providing necessary self-care and things that keep us um, centered. But um, yeah, recently when I'm talking to someone else about self-care and I know that that person is a, a poorer outer, <laughs> here's another made up situation. Um, Someone a hybrid, who, that's what Tyrone called it, a hybrid. <laughs> so someone who you know really, really pours into other people, right? Um, I'm always a reminder or always give a reminder that says you deserve the same care and attention that you have reserved for everyone else, you know? And so it's important for you to not only pour into other people, because if that is your passion, then nothing's going to stop you from being able to do that. Um, but if you're not at the top of your list, then you're not going to be able to perform in that, that passion in a way that <laughs> really best serves you. But you think that you're functioning at like 100%, but really you're not. You can't if you have not done what's necessary for you yourself to be well. Mm -hmm. um, so I would like to define self-care. And for me, self-care is for Tasha, for years. I've taken care of myself by doing exactly what it was that I wanted to do in that moment, right? So people say self-care and they think um, the massage, like you mentioned earlier, or like mani-pedi. That to me is like um, pampering or just regular. Grooming, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Which it can be a form of self-care if that's not something you do all the time. But I think that self-care is honoring whatever it is that you need in this moment. And so sometimes that would be a nap or sleeping in, <laughs> sleeping all day, especially when I didn't have any other responsibilities other than myself, um, not cooking dinner and ordering out or going for a drive, going for a walk, a jog. Um, back when I owned a motorcycle, getting on my bike, riding, you know, travel, excuse me, anything that really just made me feel good in the moment and not on some like indulgent self-harm type <laughs> stuff, but just really thinking about what is it that I need right now? What is it that I need right now that's gonna be a reset? Is it quiet? Is it to cry? Like to me, that's what self-care is. Mm -hmm. Now, let me ask you this. Since you have become a mother, how has that changed for you? Because I find as a mother, because that is the wear, the hat that I wear <laughs> for the most hours of the day is my mm -hmm. mommy hat, that there is, and I feel like we as, as mothers, we carry a lot of like mom guilt is what I call it. Mm -hmm. um, about taking care of ourselves, right? Like sometimes even if I'm, if, if I sit on the toilet too long, I feel guilty because somebody knocking at my door that needs something, they want something, right? And mm -hmm. so um, if I take too long of a shower, all those little things, and those are just basic needs. Like I kind of got to do this, y'all. 
so how have you been able to navigate or continue on with that theme of doing what you need in that moment? How has that changed, if it has changed, or how have you been able to continue to, to take care of yourself in that way since you've become a mother? I think that has definitely shifted because obviously I'm a mother of small, small people. Mm -hmm. So um, if I do not feed my daughter, she will not eat, you know, especially during the day when her dad is working. Um, So her basic needs are at the front of the line for me. So when I'm caring for her, my self-care looks like making sure that she's tired enough to take a damn nap, okay? (laughs) So so my (laughs) self-care for her is putting her down for a nap, and then I enjoy however many hours of quiet she gives me. Um, I may not leave the house or whatever, but that's part of it. And recently, we've been going on walks, Like, I'll just take her outside. I used to push her in a stroller around the neighborhood, but she's growing and so am I. (laughs) And so, you know, like the weight of the stroller and her weight and all of that, and it's very hilly in our neighborhood. And so that just does not work. So I'm like, okay, well, if we get some sunshine and just go up the street and back, that'll be good. Like, that is nourishing for me to be in nature, especially now during this time where I don't have the option to go to the library or to the zoo with her, you know, different things like that. But that's definitely a part of self-care when I'm caring for her, right? Which is more active. Now, a big, big part of my self-care after becoming a mother was figuring out what my needs were and then allowing other people to meet them Mm. without feeling like, it was a burden or that I was being high maintenance or anything like that. And or so, that it made you less of a mother to, to need the help and accept the help. I think that's big too. Yes. So being able to release some of the mom guilt and release some of the things that I've told myself that were not true about what it meant to be a mother, to be strong, to be strong black woman. <laughs> all of these things like being able to set those things aside and never pick them up again because they're not serving me um, and then lean into what is serving me so even though I'm not working outside of the home very much still having a sitter come in is part of my self-care you know and sometimes she'll come in because I'm working and so then I can go to sleep or sometimes she'll come in because I have a doctor's appointment or she'll just come because she's available and I'm like oh girl you gonna give me this time great I'm taking it and so that's what my self-care looks like now. It's not so much, you know, I'm hop on the motorcycle <laughs> or right. plane, because obviously a lot of those are not even practical for my current life, but those options have been taken away even in a pandemic, you know, mm-hmm. so that would have had to shift regardless, mm-hmm. right? whether I was mothering or not. But yeah, I definitely still work at finding the time to just have some me time, some time, you know what I'm saying? Some time where I can reset. Like now, um, my honey usually does our nighttime routine and he's working all day, right? But a big part of me used to martyr myself and be like, well, he's working all day and he's probably tired and I'm not, 
I'm not working outside the house. And, you know, so no, he comes home and we sit down and have dinner and he does the nighttime routine and I let him <laughs> because that's part of my self-care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, that's good. I think it's, a, you know, it's funny. We all come to motherhood from a different, a different place. And so for me, um, these are things that I learned through my journey of motherhood because I barely knew myself before I became a mother. You know what I'm saying? Like I had my first daughter when I was 21. So I didn't mm-hmm. have to any time to think about self-care. That wasn't a thought in my mind. And so um, I did, that's why I asked you because I know that you had um, some time to be an adult, to be a woman before you became a mother. And so for you to have had that as your baseline of self-care mm-hmm. and taking care of yourself and looking out for you, um, I know that, you know, it, it, I'm sure it had to be a shift to, to figure out how to get that back in your life, that self-care. Yeah, it definitely was. And even I even tell um, young women who I talk to, if it's somebody I'm working with or whatever, I tell them that um, when I was younger, I did any and everything that I wanted to do. So that when this time came and I had to sit down, you know what I'm saying, temporarily, that I wasn't in a place where I was regretful mm-hmm. about losing whatever it is in my mind I had lost. Yeah. Right. So I completely had made peace with, okay, single Tasha, she's over here. She's like in the past, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so not that I won't regain aspects of my singleness or whatever, but it just will be reimagined. It will not look the way it did before mm-hmm. I am responsible for um, another human being and then um, obligated to another human being in the part, like in my partnership. Yeah. In my relationship. So, um, yeah, I, I'm grateful that I've come to this place at this age. I thought when I was younger that I <laughs> wanted to... Um, be this great mother and this and that and this was before I ever went to therapy and so I just already knew that unchild had I had any children prior to any of that I don't know we all would have been sitting on the couch you know trying to undo some of the the patterns and things that I uh, inadvertently carried to them Mm -hmm. so yeah I'm super grateful to be at this place where I'm figuring it out still. I still don't have it all figured out, um, but I know it looks way different than what it will have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, One of the things for me as it pertains to self-care is um, setting boundaries Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, for my children and even for my other relationships that I have in my life, my friendships and um, setting boundaries at work at, you know, everywhere, just setting boundaries. I think that's important. I think it's important, obviously, just every single day. And I think it's equally important around this um, this holiday season to set some boundaries. Even sometimes we have to set boundaries for, for ourselves because sometimes we want to go, go, go and do, do, do. And we need to kind of set some boundaries for ourselves. And so you mentioned like taking a nap. And so for me, even if it's not a nap where you're sleeping, but just taking some rest, taking time to just sit down and just be, 
um, is kind of setting a boundary for yourself, you know, not allowing yourself to go, even your mind to just go. Sometimes mm -hmm. we can sit and think that we're resting, but your mind is on 10. Your mind is just going a mile a minute. And um, sometimes we need to will that, reel that in and, and take and have some peace when you're resting. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, <laughs> I think I have said this before on uh, earlier um, shifts, my room, my bedroom and my house, like I feel like I share my entire house with my, my family. <laughs> my bedroom is mine. <laughs> yeah. No, for real. Like don't come in my bathroom. Don't go in my bedroom. It is my space. I share this entire house with everybody. I can bump into anybody in any other room in this house. But I'm not sharing my bedroom. That mm -hmm. is a boundary for me. That is incredible self-care for me to know that I can go into my my own space. I know exactly where my things are. I know exactly how I left my pillows. <laughs> I know exactly where, you know what I'm saying? Like all the things, yeah. like it's my space. It's mine. It's my sanctuary. I can go in there and close the door if I need to take my rest in there. I can just have a minute to count to 10. If I'm getting ready to pop off on somebody, I, it's my space. Those are my mm -hmm. clear boundaries in my house. And I think um, what I need to do though, is get like a little refrigerator in there because the old these children <laughs> get. <laughs> huh? Not a mini fridge. <laughs> I need a little mini fridge. <laughs> I need to put my, I need to put my mommy cooler. snacks in there. <laughs> you said what? <laughs> A little wine cooler. Listen, <laughs> right. you know, listen, y'all know ain't no shame in my game. <laughs> you know what you just made me think of though? Um, you know how on the Cosby's it was this constant um theme of like Cliff fixing stuff and all of this. But one of the things on his honey do list was this this retreat room about, you know, that that Claire wanted the mom room. Uh -huh. I remember like later into the seasons and all the kids were just about grown and gone. They finally, he finally got, got it together. And she was just like, ah, it's my face. And she just relished it. And then at some point, I think people were still coming in. Uh -huh. and, and she Taking was okay over. with it at some point, but she still had this space in the room that was just for her. And I get it. So Ooh, I get important. it. Watchers, hey, y'all are saying we get it. We need to implement that to have like the bedroom space just be yours and everything else is off limits. Oh, you cannot. I tell them all the time, I share this whole house with y'all. Mm -hmm. I'm not sharing my, what? You're kind of comfortable in here. I'm like, why are you so comfortable in here? You came in here to ask me one question. Bye. <laughs> I see you when I get outside, when I get in the hallway, when I get in the living room. This is my space. Uh, don't you sit on my bed? <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. No, no, because your room is that way. Yeah. You got your whole room by your whole self. <laughs> go, go, go in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see you getting in that chair position. No, 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 no. <laughs> this ain't that. <laughs> this is never going to be that. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is go that way. Whole house with y'all. I bump into somebody everywhere I turn. It's children. It's the dog. I can't. <laughs> no, nobody comes in here. I don't blame you. Yeah. <laughs> 
I don't blame you. And then like when you had talked about the boundary thing, um, that made me think of like the setting the boundaries for yourself and having some peace. That made me think about people who are constantly like this. Oof. I'm like, I had to set a boundary for myself. For one, I don't want my child to be constantly looking for a device. Yes. She already constantly is looking for they my phone. They do. She wakes, this generation. Up, mm-hmm. she wakes up and she's like, where's mommy's phone? I'm like, good morning. <laughs> you know, I'm mommy, right here. Give me a kiss. Get me together. <laughs> like already, you know how she get me together. You saw it. We were on video <laughs> chat one day, y'all, and my baby just played me smooth to the left. She had come downstairs by herself from a nap. She had gotten up and I was video chatting with Ryan. And she comes into the room where I was at. And I said, good morning. Did you have a good nap? And she said, where's your dad? Meaning she was <laughs> her daddy. And then I was like, I think he's in the kitchen. And my baby said, pew, she was gone. I'm like, did you just get me together? <laughs> no, but she didn't get you together. <laughs> And then I'm petty, so I had to start picking on her grammar. I'm like, you mean where's your dad? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because no. But anyway, <laughs> I try not to have my phone like constantly in my face because yeah. I, um, I, I realize that children do what they see, not really what they hear. Um, and so I was just like, okay, I got to put that down and pick up a book or something like that, even though reading is not one of my favorite things to do, you know what I'm saying? Or having a book on the phone, like you still have your device in your hand. Yeah. And so between me consciously being like, okay, I'm going to limit my screen time for one, or, um, my phone goes to grayscale at 1115. And it goes to do not disturb at the same time. It's like, we're done. It's time to shut it down, you know, because that is just, I feel like that keeps us in this conscious, um, anxious state, like you said, with the brain constantly going. Like, when does your brain turn off? When do you rest? Like, I used to sleep to music, but once I realized that, like, my brain is still firing. And yep. respond to the music or people mm-hmm. who um, sleep with the TV on. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like your brain is still responding mm-hmm. to that. And maybe your RAM is not as long as it should be or as deep as you should get it or whatever. Um, so it's important for us to be intentional about making those shifts so that we can be in a position to better, you know, or best take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the same holds true for. Uh, I mean, you mentioned that your daughter gets up in the morning and says, where's mommy's phone? But a lot of us, is that's the, our first move too. Before our eyes pop open, we immediately reach for our phone. Um, we don't even, we don't even acknowledge that this is a new day to ourselves, to our creator, to, you know, whatever greater power we believe in. Like we haven't even acknowledged this newness that we have been allowed to see, to experience, mm-hmm. um, we're not even sure if we got a pulse and we can for our phone. <laughs> you know I'm saying? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I, you know, we need to take some time and ease into the day. Um, you know, get up slowly, 
you know, stretch, be, find something to be mm -hmm. thankful for, think about, you know, there's so much that we can do in terms of preparing for the day and being thankful for the day um, before we reach for this daggone phone, because everything that's happening here will definitely be here when you do finally get a, a minute to look at it. Um, right. But it's so addictive. So yes, definitely setting boundaries with the phone. I think that is or with whatever device that you have i think that's huge and i also think that you make a good point that children do what they see more than what they hear and so even though a lot of us parents are like setting all these boundaries and these technology times and limits for the for the children but if they constantly see us like this then what does it mean it means nothing because it just means that they need, they need to get old enough where they don't have to right, have right. any boundaries. That's what they're looking forward to. They're looking right. forward to getting old enough, whatever that means to them in their mind, where they can then have their phone, their devices all of the time. So we do have to be mindful of that and make sure we're setting boundaries for ourselves with our with our technology for sure. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so in the same vein of like setting boundaries, something came up for me when you talked about this topic, specifically self-care around the holidays. And I feel like I'm lightweight triggered every time or activated. This is like a, a new word because people have decided that the word trigger is a trigger. Okay. Yes. So I'm, I'm activated um, because I feel like the holidays can be so invasive when it comes to family gatherings. Mm. Um, things will look really different this year for a lot of people, but holidays are times that you kind of get together with people that you don't routinely see right mm -hmm. and so all of these very personal topics come up and I think that based on the relationship that you have with people it may not feel so invasive if it wasn't open forum right and so for people who may be a newlywed couple when are you having babies when are you having more babies for a couple who's been dating long-term? When are you getting married? You guys have been living together all this time. When are you this? When are you that? You know what I'm saying? It just kind of um, setting up this very defensive environment that feels like, like you're being attacked, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and then you're put on the spot because there's probably a banquet of food and everybody's in the same room and everyone's asking. I think it's important for us to um, figure out ways to get around uncomfortable conversations. And sometimes that means checking people like at, at the same spot where they brought it up, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, you know, how, you know, people's parents, my mother doesn't understand this, but people's parents will be like, you know, the place where you, um, the place where you show out or embarrass me is the place where I'm going to embarrass you, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it, it doesn't have to be that. It doesn't have to be super disrespectful. But when people start to say, um, say if you're in a household and someone's racist or Trump supporter, it's okay for you to be like, um, what you just said is offensive to me and I would like for you to stop speaking about that. You know, or if someone asks, are you gaining weight? what you just said is offensive to me and I would like for you to stop talking about that. You know what I'm saying? Or however you want to check that mm -hmm. because it's not okay for people to um, be that way. Mm -hmm. It's not okay for people to speak to you that way. And so it's important, especially if you have an, a, 
negative response in your body to these types of questions that seem like attacks, it's important for you to be able to speak up for yourself in those moments and let people know that this is not what's happening, not this holiday, not this year. Because there's lots of people who dread spending time with their families for this very reason. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, (laughs) that's funny because I, don't, I think, do you think that it's like, do you think it's like a black family thing with like the invasive questions? Like when are you having a baby in particular or you've gained some weight or you've lost and you feel like you don't lost some weight. Cause sometimes we all think that losing weight is cute and it's all good. But some people have lost weight because they're, they're not doing well or because they've been stressed out or they're depressed or they are sick or whatever. And so it may not feel good for somebody to say you've lost weight either. But like, I feel like it's like, it's, it's so for me, I'm, I feel like it's a black culture thing in a big way. Not, 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 not that it's only black culture, but I feel like it's definitely black culture, but it's like, we are talking about the wrong things. We, we want to have conversation. Like we talked about in our previous two shifts, we want to be talking about stuff that's going to propel us and our legacy forward. That was in the conversation we should be having. And so we are confused about what is actually invasive. We should be having conversations about, about money and about land and about, you know, even, even maybe some conversations about politics, because I think it's important for us to um, kind of be on the same page as a family, or at least very clear about what we think will propel our family and our community right forward. And I think it's important for our children to be hearing us having these conversations mm-hmm. as a family. Um, we just talk about the wrong things. <laughs> like mm-hmm. we, What we consider to be invasive are actually things we should actually be engaging, conversations we should be engaging in, topics we should be discussing more, and the things that we think are okay, appropriate to bring up to somebody, are mm-hmm. actually, those are actually the things we should not be talking about. <laughs> Mm-hmm. so it's like I'm hesitant to be like that's invasive don't say it it's like we need to reframe the way that we think about what we should be discussing because I, I certainly want us to be talking about money and finances but a lot of times in the black community those are things that we don't we, we don't talk about those things we don't want to talk about that stuff you know um, and we absolutely should so it's like we need to think about different things we can talk about at the dinner table you know or whatever table. Yeah, there definitely needs to be a shift in the culture on that to make that happen because some people might see the money conversation as invasive. Yes, right? that's what I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I get what you're saying too because it does feel like a cultural black thing, but I wouldn't know any other culture because I haven't spent holidays. <laughs> <Touché>. <laughs> no, I holidays with anybody else. Um, I've heard non-black people talk about what their holidays are like but and the funny thing is like they're equally anxious about it you know what I'm saying about whatever that dynamic is um there are some people that are masters at changing the subject I'm not I just don't have a very good poker face like that when somebody says something that I'm not too fond of it's you know what I'm saying I could go from to real quick it's the Gemini and me perhaps but <laughs> I'm just not very good 
at changing the subject in a way that's graceful and in a way that um, gets the message across to the person who says something offensive and can also change it to a subject that is worth talking about. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a lot of moving parts for me. I can't, I'm, I'm not that, that I, I can't finesse it like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think we definitely do need to be talking about the conversations that we don't talk about. And I, I'm not even saying don't mention these things to people or don't bring it up. I'm saying don't say it in a room full of everybody. Like Mm -hmm. it's rude, you know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? Because you might genuinely be concerned about someone's weight or you might want to just catch up with someone. So how's it going? You know, are you guys planning to get married at some point? Like it feels different when it's coming from a place of compassion and empathy. Mm. Because otherwise it's coming from a place of, um, I don't know. I don't know the word. It just feels like someone's being nosy or prying. Yeah. And even if it, even if it is coming from a place of compassion or empathy, when you say it in, in front of a room full of people, it doesn't always translate that way, you know, mm-hmm. to the person who's on the receiving end. Right. Because those, mm-hmm. there are conversations that are important that need to be had that, um, may involve a person's weight or just what their general like well-being you know what I'm saying Uh but there's a way to talk about those things that don't put a person um, on the defense and completely shut them down and make them feel like I'm never doing this again right and everybody who's in the room doesn't isn't coming from a place of empathy right like so even though the person asking the question (laughs) may genuinely have concern and really care about the well-being of the person who they're asking a question to everybody in the room don't care everybody in the room isn't coming from that place and so you know some people just sitting around waiting for the latest family tea or whatever you know what I'm saying so but yeah that's that you bring up a good point and that's something that I had not considered before because there are certain questions that I have always been taught and and as I've gotten older I have learned that are just off limits and weight is one of them or asking people about um if they are intending to have children or if they're pregnant is is one of them and so I guess you know there could potentially be a way to ask, like you said, in a, in a, in a, a private setting. Um, and of course, with somebody who, if you're asking, if the person you're asking knows that your, your heart is in the right place, I guess that matters too, right? Like if, if mm-hmm. they trust you, if they know that you're asking in a, in a genuine way, I guess that matters too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I won't say that those conversations are off the table for me personally like for people to ask me that or for me to ask someone else Mm -hmm. right um but it definitely has to be done in the proper context and in the proper way I just don't you know I, I think those are sensitive topics for most people and you just can't blurt it out like Mm -hmm. and say that you care and you may, <laughs> but care enough about me and what may or may not be happening with me more than you care about getting the information out of me. Yeah. You know, 
Um, another thing I feel like that's been coming up, especially around the holidays and the pandemic specifically, is people um, coming under fire being criticized about how they are responding within their family to the pandemic and what they think is appropriate or not. So, um, for example, people with young kids, mm-hmm. you know, they're saying, if you want to come visit, you have to have a negative COVID test and quarantine for two weeks. Or, you know what I'm saying? Just putting these kind of restrictions in place before someone can just roll up and be like, hey girl, you know, and other other family members being put off or, or feeling away about that. And I say, um, we are all in a collective trauma response. <laughs> None of us, unless you are, 120 years old or older. Um, None of us have been through this before. And how you deem it necessary to keep yourself and your inside your home, your immediate family safe is your decision. Mm -hmm. And you're just going to have to be okay with anybody who doesn't like it. Mm-hmm. Anybody who's upset by any safety measures that you feel like you put in place. If you go out and you're going to, quote, socialize, but you're going to be in a mask, everybody's just going to have to be okay with that. And you're going to have to be okay with it, too, if they're upset. Listen, that's <laughs> a very similar thing that I try to encourage new families to be you know, to implement when they are bringing this brand new baby home, (laughs) you know, or um, into the world, if they were birthed at home or whatever, like, um, you know, you have to have some boundaries and whoever don't like it can lump it as my mama would say. (laughs) It is what it is. And Mm -hmm. these are the, this is what you are doing to protect your family. And that is definitely a part of self-care and people who don't like it can just, you know, feel how they feel and keep it moving because you're doing what you are supposed to do to protect your family which you feel is best to protect your family um so yeah no I completely agree we haven't had any visitors (laughs) we haven't had very many we have not had very many at all you know and I don't know. I just feel like it's tough. And so I'm in a place where I'm extending a lot of grace and hopefully that same grace is being returned to me. Um, And even things that look like, you know, someone may be frustrated with me specifically about a a certain thing. I'm usually like, you know what, it's a lot going on in the world right now. So I'm not going to take that thing personally. (laughs) I'm going to chalk it up. We, we gonna chalk that up to COVID and, you know, increased anxiety and whatever else that's coming along with being in a pandemic. Um, but yeah, I'm still going to move how I deem necessary to move. I think I went to our farmer's market a few weeks ago and I had my baby with me and she doesn't wear a mask when we go out because she's mm-hmm. two, mm-hmm. okay? So if I need to explain that, like, some kids have gotten to a point where they will wear it, like even little kids, but she's not out enough mm-hmm. to where she has gotten that this is like normal a now. Thing, yeah. Right. And so we're at a market and when I tell you, I almost lost my pregnant mind because <laughs> I'm trying to get like some ginger or something like that. And this 
melanin deficient woman squeezes her way in between me and another woman. And I was just like, no, ma'am. No, I turned, I whipped around so quick. Like if you do not get over there and wait your turn. And she retreated so quick. It was not even funny, but I was like, do not make me get crazy. Even if everybody had on a mask. Like it's like people have forgotten six feet. Like get, get out of, this is my experience all the time. And I thought it was just an Indiana thing because we at Red State don't want to wear masks anyway. <laughs> but I swear, I'm like, it's just because you are maxed up and I'm maxed up does not mean you don't have to honor the six feet guideline. Get out of my face. I shouldn't, I don't want to rub elbows with you. I don't want to touch you. I don't want to do that on a good day when we're not wearing a mask, okay? So I certainly don't want to do that now. Like people just don't, don't I don't know if they don't understand anymore. I feel like when that first happened, like, you know, March, April, People were like waiting their turn, being super patient in the store, especially like in the grocery store. Now, baby, they will run you down, push you smooth out the way to get to whatever they got to get to (laughs) and forget. No, no, No. because my child is not wearing a mask and she's not small enough anymore for me to put her in my sling. And I used to put her like almost under my I have to go into the store with her and you could catch me in a dead sprint to get, I look like I was on supermarket sweep (laughs) each and every time I went to the store with her because I was just so like, you know, on edge about this, this thing that we don't know anything about, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as far as self-care, whatever you need to do to protect you and your family during the holiday season, you get to decide and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I also think it's important to lend yourself some grace during this season. Um, I know that, the, you know, due to the pandemic, a lot of people have had their hours cut. They've had, they maybe lost employment or income or have had to supplement a spouse or whatever because of the pandemic, um, or just not being able to get out and about in these streets like you maybe would usually do to buy gifts or to buy your all your food stuff or your seasonings, whatever. Lend yourself some grace during this time. Um, I think it's, it's important to also remember that children are resilient. And so even though I um, have taken on <laughs> this responsibility of cooking this, this big meal for my children because they are used to this tradition, it's not nearly going to be as big of a spread as what they're used to. And I have to, I have recognized that they are resilient <laughs> and they're going to bounce back. <laughs> and hopefully next year we can have the, what we're used to, you know, with our family or whatever. Um, and I think that's important to remember that this is, this is, these are unprecedented times. And children, mm-hmm. even very small preschool age children, can understand what is happening. You can explain to them. Um, lend yourself some grace. You there. There are no standards to to meet right now. I mean, you're creating mm-hmm. a standard. We're all creating a new standard. This this newness. We're all making it happen in a, in a pandemic. And so I think it's important to, although it, it is the holidays and we want our children to have um, some sense of normalcy, which I don't even know what that means right now, but you know, we, we want to maintain the status quo or whatever they're used to. Um, it's, it may not look like that and that's okay. I think we have to be, be okay with the fact that it may not, it may not look like it usually looks. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, we got a few people watching. You guys put drop in the comments what your self-care looks like. What do you do? How do you take care of yourself? And how have you been taking care of yourself in the year of our Lord 2020? <laughs> because it's been yeah, it's been um it's been tough, mm -hmm. I think. Uh, it's been tough globally nationally and personally for a lot, lot lot of people because and I was talking to my honey about this like all the regular SHIT is still happening yeah right people are still having heart attacks and still getting diagnosed with cancer and mm -hmm. diabetes and people are still losing jobs and yes. like all of the regular stuff is still happening and so it's like we're all in a pressure cooker because mm -hmm. you know it's intensified like there's these layers of things you know what i'm saying you add to that uh racial tension like clear racial tension in our country which is not new to black people um but the way it's being processed and expressed mm -hmm. is is looking a little bit different than what it's it louder had. it's more yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So all of these things are um, adding up to a very different result in our lives personally. And, and I'm just wondering, how are y'all dealing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What else did you have? Um, you know, of course, we kind of touched on the, the Black superwoman complex, not in those terms. Mm -hmm. We talked about that. And I think it's important to, again, that goes along with me saying, lend yourself some grace. I think that, um, well, it's not a thought. We all know that Black women tend to think that we have to carry it all and do it all and um, not only do it all, but be excellent at it. And um, rest is sometimes resistance, which I've said before, which is not mine. Um, I've gotten it from, <laughs> um, oh gosh, what's the page called? The NAP, um, NAP Ministry. The NAP Ministry. I get that from her. And so um, that is that's something that I have to remind myself of all the time because of the mom guilt, that rest is resistance. And not only is it resistance, from like oppression and this whole idea that the more we work, the more we do, the more successful we are, because that's a lie. But also sometimes rest is um, a resistance of not taking care of myself and those thoughts, right? Like it's, it, it's resisting what's not true about who I am and what it means to be um, a nurse and a mother and a person and a good partner and a good friend and whatever else, whatever hats I wear. Um, it, resting, it, it resists the idea that because I'm taking a nap um, or, or just chilling, like I say all the time, I can probably count on one hand number of times I sit on my couch in a six month period. Like I don't do it. <laughs> I'm either up moving around my house or like I'm sleeping. That's how my life works. And so um, the times that I do just get to sit on the couch and chill, but doing absolutely nothing um, is, is my little bit of resistance. And so I think that's important to remember, again, especially in the holiday season, because we tend to want to move and go and do. And although hopefully we're hosting a lot less and doing a lot less, um, again, we have this 
like lend yourself some grace and understand that it's okay if it doesn't look like it looked before and take that rest, take that time. Tasha and I, you, we, Tasha, you and I talked about before how there are, that's one of the biggest things we can appreciate about being in a pandemic is that life has slowed mm-hmm. the hell down and we can mm-hmm. take some time to rest and we not fighting in crazy traffic. And it is, there are fewer people in the grocery store and all these things like life has slowed down. We are spending more time with our families and stuff. So take, glean from that, like utilize that because baby, when these cities open back up, when this, when we're no longer in a pandemic, it's going to be on 10. Like it's going to be, life is going to be so much faster. Like mm-hmm. it's going to be crazy. So take all the rest you can now, um, mm-hmm. you know, you know, use it as your resistance, take off your cape, black women, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and use this time to, to find new ways to take care of yourself. And sometimes that looks like it's, you know, doing nothing and that's mm-hmm. good. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm always a proponent of doing nothing real says vitamins and Netflix. Good for you that you're being intentional and, and saying, okay, this is what I need to release some tension or get it off my mind yeah the whole um strong black woman thing I've of course seen that mentioned a a lot more recently on social media but um people saying it's killing us like literally it's killing us and so we need to rethink what womanhood looks like in in this black skin um and in this country And we need to be able to extend the same grace that we reserve for everybody else to ourselves because we are just human. You know, we are just human like anybody else. And we get sad and we cry and, you know, we get angry. All of the emotions that most of our moms probably tried to hide from us and made us feel like didn't exist, you know, between motherhood and Cause I know there's plenty of moms, black moms who feel like, well, damn, why y'all ain't tell me it was like this out here in these streets? Because everybody mama was either crying in the closet or in the bathroom or the car. You know what I'm saying? And when she came in, it was like feet to the ground. Let's get this thing done. And that, that was what it was always mm-hmm. very put together, but that's not real. Um, and that's not sustaining. And it is killing us. Yeah. And so you need to be able to allow yourself the space to be human, um, to heal, to deal with whatever it is you have going on so that you can live a healthy life and not mm-hmm. just a together one um, from the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. I have began to, um, when I am, like you said, all the, the grace that we lend to everybody else, lend it to ourselves. I have started to, when I am encouraging someone else or educating someone else or giving somebody else permission to feel a certain way or do a certain thing, I have started to really listen to <laughs> my own wisdom mm-hmm. and not only listen to it, but even say it aloud that I'm talking to myself too. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not just talking to you. Like I needed to hear that too, because a lot of times, like you said, we, it's not that we don't know stuff. It's that we don't think it applies to us. We don't think, we don't see how 
we are deserving of the grace that we're giving to someone else or the permission we're giving to someone else. We think that, um, that, that it doesn't apply to us. And so I have began to, um, to even say it aloud to myself where I, where Ryan can hear it and Mm -hmm. I can hear myself saying, no girl, you need this too. And it's been really helpful, um, for me to, to say, I have to, and and to those, for those to be reminders to myself of Mm -hmm. the permission that I need to give myself. (laughs) <laughs> to do the same stuff or not do the same stuff or feel the same things that I'm um, encouraging the people I love to, to do for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We have another comment that came through from Horatio. Hey, Horatio. Um, he said that he's played a lot more video games during the pandemic protests and riots just to throttle down his brain from work. And that's important. You need an outlet. Like, Um, I've said for people who don't believe in therapy or who don't want to go to therapy or whatever, I believe that that's therapy in the traditional form or like, you know, um, professional setting, Mm -hmm. but being able to have an outlet, if you're talking to someone who you trust, like who you can really confide in, um, feels like therapy too. And so you need to be able to discharge any negative energy or whatever um, is trapped in your body, okay? Um, You need to be able to release that and whatever that looks like, so long as it's not snorting a line of cocaine or, you know, drinking a fifth of vodka, I feel feel like just anything else is like not out of bounds. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you need to play video games. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. What you gotta do? You know, Mm -hmm. there's plenty of things that I've seen um, that the ways that people cope with what's happening for them that um, I wouldn't necessarily do, but I'd be like, at the end of the day, like, what is it hurting? That's usually my question. I'd be like, is imminent death one of the options? (laughs) Because if it's not, do what you gotta do. Do what you gotta do. So, Yeah. yeah. Um, you have anything else? No, those are the ones that I felt like were most important to me and pertinent right now. Mm-hmm. So um, for my nurses note, when it comes to self-care, um, I've already told you guys what self-care looks like for me, and that could be anything. Um, but I will say get creative about what your self-care can be. So journaling. Mm-hmm. If you don't usually write, what if you don't have anybody to talk to, right? Journal, write it down. Mm-hmm. Um, that is an outlet. Coloring. Mm-hmm. Um, me and my honey love to put puzzles together. That's yeah. kind of like our couple's time where um, we check in. We talk about what's going on with us, you know, um, because life can get in the way. And if you're not intentional about these different things, then they just kind of fall by the wayside. A really, really big one, and it don't won't cost you anything. Say no. Mm. Say no. If there's something that someone is asking you, um, asking of you, asking you to do, if you cannot commit to that thing without animosity build, <laughs> building up in your cells, or without you having to put something else down that maybe was more important to you, then just say no. If you're not comfortable with it, no, it's a complete sentence. It's a complete thought. 
even if you just don't freaking want to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can have all day free available if you don't want mm-hmm. to do it. That's mm-hmm. okay. You can say no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people have a problem with being like, um, no, because you know, fill in the blank. Right. But I'm usually just like, no, you know, just <laughs> no. It's a complete thought. Yeah. I appreciate the offer or I appreciate the invite. Thanks for thinking of me. No, we're going to have to pass or I'm going to have to pass this time. Also, no, I can't help you. No, I can't pick you up. No, (laughs) no, you know, that, yeah, Mm -hmm. no, it's a complete thought. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Those are good. Mm -hmm. My nurse's note would be um, to pass this knowledge down to your children, because I think too many of us are just learning about the importance of self-care in adulthood or um, what I'll be at early adulthood, middle adulthood, late adulthood. I think that, and even if we're implementing self-care and our children can see us doing it, I think it's important that not only are they seeing us do it, but that we're explaining to them what we're doing and why it's important. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell my children all the time because I am a whole person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was a whole person before I was a mommy and I will be an entire whole person um, when you leave and you're taking care of your whole self and I'm no longer having to do that and so it's important for me to maintain this vessel right and this mm-hmm. mind while I'm taking care of you so that when um, so that we can all make it to <laughs> so that we can all make it to when you can leave the house and take care of yourself um, and right. then, so also I will continue to be a whole person And I think it's important that we um, demonstrate self-care to them and even to start encouraging them to take on some self-care practices as little people. There are things that they can do um, to start taking care of themselves that are not just grooming, like you said, Tasha, taking a shower or, you know, brushing their hair, their teeth, things like that, but doing things that are important to them that take them out of this space and allow them mm-hmm. to go into a space where they feel um, is is healing for them or just takes them to a happy place even where they can kind of get lost in themselves or in in the joy of what they're doing. I think that's important. And so that would be my nurse's note so that, yeah, they can learn mm-hmm. early. Yeah. And especially now, especially now with virtual learning, a lot of people's kids are struggling with virtual learning. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that within our community specifically, because children are seen and not heard or silenced or um, invalidated in some way, um, I think now more than any time, it's important to indulge them, like be creative, play with your babies, your big kids or whatever, like be intentional about finding ways for them to share with you how they're feeling and then for them to um, start their own self-care routine too. Like I had shared something with a couple of my friends about how I put my baby down for her nap or down at nighttime. And that involves, we do some deep breathing and I walk and sway with her, you know, so she already knows. I'll ask her, can I, can I hold you? And she'll say, yeah, Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, we teach and consent and what that looks like, (laughs) bodily autonomy. 
Um, and she already knows what that positioning is, what that question means. She already has the cues. When we get up in the morning and she's on the pot or whatever, I stretch my body. And then I look at her and she's trying to do exactly what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And so I think it is important um, for you to model that for your children, especially if you didn't have it. And especially right now where they, they may not have a voice or they, mm -hmm. they don't have a voice, um, going outside and letting them run and, or just whatever, you know, it's important. Yeah. For sure. Well, um, this <laughs> real Mario said, first of all, he told us we were glowing. Thank you. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I washed my face today. I moisturized and I spread some little, some kind of something from Trader Joe's. <laughs> what, like a glow, like a glitter something? No, no. It's like a watermelon um, extract kind of, I don't know if it's like toner. a toner. It, it's like rose water, but it's okay. Water. Okay. 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 Yeah. So that always makes me feel good. I'll spritz my baby too. I'll be like, you want some? Okay, come on. Yes, girl. But, uh, yes. So I don't know. Thank you. Thank you yes. for saying that we're glowing. But he thought it was funny that you told your girls you a whole I am person. a whole person. <laughs> a whole. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to roll the L-E. It, like, it sounded like the other word. A whole person. I'm a whole person. <laughs> First of all, I might be both. Okay. But we ain't, but we don't slut shame on this show. You catch me, you catch me a decade ago. Did I say I have regrets? What's you say? Said you catch me a decade ago. Didn't I say I had no regrets? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a whole person. Whole person. Whole person. Yeah. So thank you guys. Um, those of you who are watching now. We're really enjoying being live. I know that it's a little bit later sometimes, but we are grateful for anybody who watches us. Leave us some yes. comments. Um, we appreciate your engagement on the videos and the lives because it actually helps us. Um, with algorithms and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So we're more visible if you guys are commenting, sharing, and liking um, our lives. So thank you very much. Um, I want to wish you a happy holiday season. I know this can be tough. Be creative about how you're connecting. Um, you're not socially distancing per se, but you're definitely physically distancing um, and there are other avenues available to us <laughs> to be able to connect. Write somebody a letter. Yeah. It's old school. You know what I'm saying? Write a letter. You got video chat, send a card. Mm -hmm. No. Something Ask like your people for their recipes. That's a way to connect. You know, if you, if you like somebody something, you want it for your meal, you know, text your aunties, text your grandmothers, whomever, and get their recipes. That's a way to connect. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, there may be some more social media sharing. You know what I'm saying? As you're like, hey, this is what I'm up to. And that's just what it is. That's what life looks like for us right now. So um, 
We're really grateful that you all are connecting with us in this forum. It feels really good. So if you guys have any questions, comments, or concerns, um, please email us at gettodated705 at gmail.com. If you need to know where to find us on Instagram and Twitter, we're at conscious underscore sedation. And on Facebook, just search conscious sedation podcast and we will pop right up. Um, we can be found on just about any podcast platform that you're searching out there. So hit us up. Yes. Uh, rate, comment, subscribe, all of the things. Any closing yes, remarks? all the things. You said what? <laughs> any closing remarks, friend? I don't think I have any closing remarks. Oh, we're, we, we are always interested in topics. We want to make sure that we're always talking about the things that you all um, feel like you need to learn or things that you want to discuss. So if you have ideas for um, about, you know, content or topics that we can discuss on the podcast, let us know. We are open. We are happy to discuss and learn because sometimes when we decide to do topics, we learn stuff too. So we're happy to learn with you and glean information from you and lend to you what we know. So let us mm -hmm. know what you guys want to learn about. Well, mm -hmm. and you know what I found interesting? I don't know if you look at any of our analytics, Ryan, but um, <laughs> we have a mostly male audience, like 88%. It's going to be fine, girl. <laughs> well... <laughs> There is that. <laughs> and, and I think I think also that we have, you mean our analytics on Facebook? On Anchor. On Anchor. I, we, I think we also have like, have a, a nice voice. Like we got like the good, the good, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we got so. the aesthetics down. We got it all. We got it all, girl. Visually. Smart. We smart. We fine. But mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I mentioned that. Yes, I agree with you. I mentioned that because I was wondering, like, um, what are some topics that men want to hear about? What you want to hear about? You're listening to us. I mean, we obviously have a good thing going, but we want to keep your attention and your listenership. Definitely. Leadership. We appreciate that. So tell us, tell us what you what you need to hear. We we'll invite you on. We've done that multiple times already. Um, mm -hmm. For people who want to get involved and when we know that the conversation is outside of our scope, we are okay passing the mic and getting schooled ourselves. So, yes. Okay. So yeah, good night. Happy holiday season. Happy holiday season. Make sure on Thursday when you all are enjoying your family and your time together that you take a moment to honor the indigenous people um, I think that's important. That's important for me. You know, you can choose what's important for you, but I think that's important. Uh, make sure that we're sharing truths with our children, our families about what the day means um, so that we are passing on truths and no more lies about what the day means and just honor the people because they have gone through a lot and um, don't reap nearly the benefits that the rest of us do or many of us do in this country. Um, on this land which is theirs so that's my another little soapbox but <laughs> I think it's important it is important thank you for saying that okay, y'all have a good night thank you for joining us peace bye. out bye <laughs>